And we just take a minute and pray. Father, I thank you tonight for every person here. And I thank you that you know about every person that has stepped into this room tonight. You know about those that will be listening uh, to us on the internet. Or maybe they'll get this CD. I thank you, Father, that the word is effectual, working, powerful, mighty to change. And we ask tonight to be changed. To be changed from glory to glory. Just like you promised us with the revelation of your word. And we thank you that all the words of the enemy are bound right now in the name of Jesus. That would be being spoken right now, even into your heart as you come in here. Take authority over it. We stop every assignment of the enemy against your heart, against your mind in the name of Jesus. And we declare we are good ground. We have come here with ears to hear what the spirit is saying. And so, Lord, bring it in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen. Hallelujah. Well, give him a big hand. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. I'm glad to be here tonight. And uh, I do believe I have a word that the Lord gave me. Now, the way I got it was really kind of unexpected. So you'll have to bear with me tonight. But uh, the title of this message is May the Force Be With You. But there's a little story that goes with this. Um, A a couple of weeks ago, um, I was getting my hair colored. This is not my real color. We'll just say that right now. I don't know what color it would be, and we're not going to find out. Hallelujah. So let's just leave it at that. But uh, I do know that every now and then there's some gray that appears in this part. And so I go immediately to my nieces, and she takes care of that. And so I was there, and I was getting my hair done. And every Saturday, uh, my other son, uh, Pastor John's brother, and you've probably heard him speak of him. He's quite a comedian. And uh, he and Pastor John together are quite a duo, let me tell you. But uh, he calls me on his way to church at Victory in Tulsa. He's an usher. And, uh, you know, he's, he's very diligent to be there. He's not always on time, but he tries desperately to get there. But he calls me on his way, unless he forgets. Then he calls me just outside the door and says, I can't talk. I've got to go. But uh, this night, he, he called me a couple times while, they were, while Amy was trying to do these things to my hair. And so I couldn't answer. So finally... I texted him and said, I'm getting my hair colored. Oh, right, Mom. And so I snapped a photograph of myself, which I never should have done. Not with this son. Now, Pastor John might do me in, but Matt definitely would do me in. So I took this picture, and uh, this is the picture I sent to him. (laughs) And his response was, I know, may the force be with you. And I immediately heard, I am. And I said, he is. So I sent back to him and you too. For your eyes only, Matthew. How many of you have ever seen the James Bond movie, For Your Eyes Only? So I thought I'll just zip him back a cute one here. But I meant don't show the picture to anybody. Would you all get that? I mean, I would get that. Next thing I know, about 15 minutes later, I get a text from Bonnie Beadle, who is one of our trustees, who attends that service at Tulsa. And all it said was, may the force be with you. I have no idea who all saw that. And when I get out there to visit him, I'm going to find out. I'm sure everybody will tell me. But uh, later that week, that night, I called Bonnie and she said he was so cute. He came running up to me. All he said was, don't ask questions, just text mom. And this is all you got to say. May the force be with you. So she was very obedient. She typed it. Then he showed her the picture. (laughs) 
Well, you know, when I was praying about what I would share this week and next Wednesday night, uh, Pastor John asked me to do a two-part message, and, and I heard that. May the force be with you. And so I asked the Lord, what are, what are we saying? You know, what does that mean? And uh, tonight, part one is listen with your heart. Everybody say, listen with your heart. Listen with your heart. And, um, you know, Proverbs 3, uh, 5 and 6, if we could just look at that scripture to begin with. You know, the word of God is true. The word of God encourages us. The word of God teaches us what we need to do. The Holy Spirit quickens things to our heart. That word of God, we read it, and then the Holy Spirit quickens it, makes it revelation to us. But in in Proverbs, if you could put that one up for me, Sandy, 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. And then verse 6. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. And... um, That's the first scripture that I thought of. It says in Hebrews 8 that God, uh, when he made the new covenant with us through the blood of Jesus, he said, I will write the word on their minds and on their hearts. And so I felt like God said to me, when you listen with your heart, you hear me. When you listen with your mind, you know, if your mind isn't renewed to the word of God, you're going to hear your ideas uh, in that place. You're subject to what the enemy is saying. Uh, because, you know, the enemy can't mess with what God is saying. He cannot touch what the Spirit of God is saying. But he can mess with our mind and twist even sometimes what the Word of God is saying to us and use it as a weapon against us, formed against us, rather than it, it helping us and delivering us and bringing out us, uh, us out of different situations. Psalm 119.11 says, Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Uh, You know, when we make mistakes and do things we're not supposed to do, it's sin. But it says when the word's hidden in our heart, that that brings revelation to us not to do. You know, God wanted to rule from the inside, not the outside. He tried ruling from the outside. The whole new old covenant is about that. The new covenant is about rulership from the inside, from the heart. And so uh, Jeremiah 24, 7, it says that he will give us a heart that's to know him you know, a heart that will follow after him to know him. And in Ezekiel, that prophet said, I will give you a new heart, put a new spirit in you, and I'll take out the heart of stone. You know, when I, before I was born again, over time, different circumstances, my heart grew hard. Um, and when your heart grows hard, then you don't hear out of your heart. You, 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 you really hear out of your mind and, uh, your emotions take over oftentimes. And, you know, I, had a message years ago God gave me, and, and he called it deadly emotions. And he said to me, your emotions will destroy you. That, and emotions are out of this part of us, the mind, the will, the intellect, those things that we govern from this computer that we have. Now, thank God for the computer. We're not supposed to be mindless, but our mind is supposed to be renewed by what's in our heart. And uh, as I was thinking about this message, um, in the earth today, God has been speaking to me for probably four months and saying, I need you to listen to me. Everybody say, listen to me. And I hear that all the time. I need you to be listening to me and uh, not to what you hear. uh, Even other people saying that I respect, not that I don't hear what they're saying, but the listening he told me is knowing what he's saying first in my own heart, in my own uh, inner being, that then I will be able to build 
the foundation for what he's doing and have confidence and courage to act on what I hear. And, uh, and I had heard that, um, you know, we're, we're in a season where all of us know darkness is exalting itself in the earth, uh, you know, and, and I've, I've heard people say, well, Satan is just more powerful than he used to be. And God said to me, he's no more powerful than he ever was. He still is a deceiver and a liar. And that's really the only power that he has because Jesus defeated him at Calvary, but he still can lie. How many of you know, uh, you know, he's the one that gets you to do something, then tells you how bad you are because you did it. So, you know, he's just a liar. He's a thief. And, um, I, I shared this last week at a, a small meeting over at Purdue and uh, they told me to, that they want me to share my testimony. And, and I said, well, I just want to start with this. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. And it's probably uh, one of the most disserviced things to the body of Christ there's ever been. Because the church talks about God and talks about Jesus. But they do not tell you there is an enemy. There is a devil. A majority of the church just knows that you're supposed to be bad or good. You know, that keeps people from going to heaven because they think their good works will get them there. And then they think if they're not good, they can't get there. So it's all about performance and people are missing heaven because they do not know the truth. The devil came and he stole God's creation. Only the blood of Jesus can set us free. I, I played the organ for years in the church. I knew about Jesus. I knew he was the son of God, but I did not know that there was another force I did not know I was facing something that was beyond my control, beyond my ability to stop. I, I just thought it was me and, and my choices and my decisions. I did not know there was a tempter. Now, I'm not saying they didn't preach it, but I never heard it till I went to First Assembly. And that was the first I heard that there was a devil. And I thought, ooh, do we have to talk about that? But, that, but if we don't talk about that, if we don't understand that, the world today is in trouble because they're trying to fight against the force of man, religion, and we are fighting a devil that has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And so um, yesterday, when I saw that happen, or was it Monday? Monday. When that happened in Boston. Was that yesterday? No, Monday. Monday. Um, when I saw that on the screen, I was in Indianapolis at the hospital, and I looked up and I saw that. And uh, I, I, you know how the enemy wants to bring fear. Immediately, there's fear. Is this going to happen now? And, and they're all saying it. Now we got to get ready because this could happen here and could happen there and could happen here. I, I, believe, it, I believe those things are going to happen because I've read I've read Matthew 24 that says, in the last days, there's going to be all kinds of things. There's going to be false Christ. There's going to be all kinds of ways for the enemy to deceive, if he could, the body of Christ. It says in Luke 24, and I want to, or 21, 26, could you put that one up? Men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Men's hearts failing them for fear. And, and I felt like God began to say to me, evil has increased because people have stopped listening to me. They don't want to hear me. They, they're not told they can hear me. And, and he said, the, the Lord said to me, that the church has stopped enforcing the defeat of the enemy. You know, when the enemy uh, comes... And it says, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. There should be some kind of a barrier that says, stop. And God said to me, the walls are down. The walls are down. Uh, in the church, 
definitely in the world, they don't even have a clue what is coming. Uh, I, I read a thing in Brother Copeland's Faith to Faith where he said, you know, the only people who should be crying around and asking God to do things are the people who don't know him. That's a cry of fear. The people who know God should be crying a cry of faith. And, uh, and so God really began to speak this to me that the force is with us, the good force, you know, the one that causes things to happen. I was asking Liam tonight, I said, are you the one that likes Star Wars? Aren't you the one? Yes. And he knows everybody in it. Hallelujah. He knows all the players. Well, if you know all the players, then you know the good and the evil. If you don't know all the players, uh, I saw in the paper tonight where it says the human spirit will overcome. I thought, you're, you're, you're whistling, Dixie. Because, and you have no clue, you're ignorant of the enemy's devices. The human spirit, yes, we, we don't want to, you know, we have a will to not die. We have, a, uh, we have our own power within us that makes us want to go on and do things and attempt things. But I'm telling you, the force we're fighting is not human. Is not human. And so if we, if we begin to, to see what's going on, especially those who do not know Christ, their hearts will fail them for fear. It says that the church, even the elect, if possible, will be deceived. I believe that God's trying to raise up a church that is not a, ignorant of what's going on and is able to do their job in the earth. But we have to listen with our heart not with our understanding of natural things, but with the understanding that God gives us. John 3, 6, 3, 16, we all know that. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17 says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him all men would be saved. Now, what do we have to be saved from? The things that the enemy has done through the Garden of Eden, but we have authority over. And I want you to look at this. It goes on and says, and this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Now let's go on. It says in the next verse, I think it's verse 20. If you could put that up for me, Sandy. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. I learned this a long time ago when, um, when God, in the beginning, put me in a position where I was with people who prayed deliverance with people from strongholds that people had gotten into in their life. He is the deliverer. Say, he is the deliverer. And, uh, and, and what happens with the enemy is it, it's very subtle. But in the beginning, he, what he brings to you that you give into produces what you want. But after a while, he takes over, and you no longer are in control. And then he does what he wants with you. That's the way that works. And so oftentimes, it's hard for people, you know, especially like just in America right now, today. They're all upset over the evil. Uh, even our president called it evil. Thank you, Jesus. But there's a devil who's evil. We've got to get identified where the evil's coming from. And, and when, you, when you face that, you're going to have to face that with the word. You're going to have to face it with a force that has power over it, that can do something about it. But you cannot be 
enjoying part of it and try to keep out the rest of it. In other words, you cannot take God out of what's going on in the earth and say, we're no longer going to consult with him. But on the other hand, we want evil stopped. Everybody say it's not going to happen. And so, you know, even in these last days in the church, in the church, uh, you know, we, we are going to have to have the power of God like we have never had the power of God. Because what we are facing now is such a great deception. It is a dece- it's not that the devil's greater. It's that people let go of the wisdom of God. And so now they can't tell that we have greater deception. So he has what appears to be taken a greater place, even in our nation. But, you know, a nation is the same as the church. It's made up of the people. Everybody say the people. And so when, when we as the church see things like what happened yesterday, we're supposed to have the wisdom and the understanding of God of what we need to do in that situation to bring about what needs to be done to stop that force that is coming and has come into our nation. We are the binding people. We are the loosing people. We are the people who see beyond what the world sees. And so for me, what God said to me was, I want you to, to listen to me. We, you are living second Timothy. Now, second Timothy one, seven says, God did not give me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Second Timothy is also the scripture that says in chapter three, that we are living in perilous times that we are living in perilous times. Uh, Pastor John delivered that message the first of the year, and he said, we're, we're going to have doors of opportunity that are going to open to us. But it was in the context of Ephesians 5, 15 through 17, which says the days are evil. That's what it says in the, in the New King James. The days are in, in the message Bible that he read from, it says desperate times. How many of you would believe that's where we are? Desperate times. Now, when you get into desperate times, desperate people have to find some place where they can get help. And that is going to be the church. I don't mean a building. I mean the people of God. The people of God who have understood the truth of what God has placed on the inside of us. Now, it says in, in 2 Timothy 1, uh, when, when Paul was speaking about Timothy, he says, I know the faith that you have. I knew your grandmother and I knew your mother. And so I'm believing that that faith that was in them is in you. Therefore, God did not give you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. God, God spoke to me, two forces, force of fear, force of faith. The, the force of fear is what the enemy is propagating right now to the United States of America and to the church and to anybody who will listen. These things that we see, according to my Bible, it says in the last days that we will face, people will be doing like they did in Noah's day. Well, in Noah's day, people had no clue anything was going on. A man built an ark that was gigantic, and all they thought was he was crazy. They had no clue. I, I was in Branson, and they did that, the story of Noah in Branson. And uh, I don't know how they did it. But it was so real. You know, how many of you know when you see something visually, just suddenly, that's really the way it was. And they, they did the story of Noah and how they shut that door to that boat. 
and that you could hear the people screaming and crying and pounding on the door. And it, you could, you know, you saw them right before in the scene where they were doing all the stuff they were doing, drinking and partying and having their fun. Now, you know, I didn't drink, but I smoked like a, you know, I was a fireplace with a chimney. I mean, so I'm not condemning what people do. I'm saying that people become so ingrained in all of that that it becomes called social drinking it becomes like it's just part of life the more you give into that the more captured you are by that spirit that force that will cause you not to be able to see what's going on right around you and it will begin to take control of you rather than you have control of it and that can happen in the church you know, I was in a meeting once, and they talked about uh, that we have to be aware, beware because, you know, we can, we can become personality-driven churches rather than Holy Ghost church. We can become people-oriented rather than we become God-oriented. And so I, I guess for me, it's like a warning from the, from the Lord, but yet it's so exciting because it's like we're going to win. And people are going to come in here, and they're going to be alcoholic and they're going to be addicted to who knows what. And when they get out of here, they're going to be addicted to Jesus. I mean, in one service. Yes! Yeah, amen. Uh, the, there was a song that, um, and, and, and I was thinking of it, because my sister sings it all the time in the nursing homes. I don't know what those poor people think in the nursing home. But she sings Resurrection River. Full steam ahead, you know. And uh, if you don't know that, it's a song that a couple of years, three years ago, God gave me the words and Corey the music. And it is just really up-tempo. But this is the promise he said to me, instant transformation from darkness into light. No more fear or bondage. Faith becoming sight. Freedom. Everybody say freedom. From the old life. Filled with power and might. Rescued and restored to live a resurrected life. And then he says, rise up. That's what's got to happen, folks. May the force be with you. Hallelujah. All over a hairdo. Isn't that something how God can speak? Who knows how God's going to lead? Okay. Proverbs 12.25 says, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. Do you know how many people in this nation, do you know how many people in the church are taking drugs for depression? There's something wrong with that picture. There is something wrong with that picture. And if I talked to any of them and said, you can have instant transformation, you can be delivered right now, they all have their hands up. Amen. They want free. People don't want to be bound. People don't want to be bound. And, and, and they want to be free. Revelations 2, 3, this is what God said to me. And he said it in Revelations over and over. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the churches. Everybody say the churches. And Ephesians 5.16 says the days are evil, so redeem the time. Doors of opportunity are opening. But they're not like, oh, and I'm going to get my new car. <laughs> or my house I've been waiting for. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be in the name of Jesus. I bind every work of the enemy against your life. And be healed. And they're going to be healed. That's a door of opportunity, folks. You've been bound all your life by fear. Fear. And today, you are going to be free. How many of you know that's a door of opportunity? It's opening. It's opening. It's opening for all who will believe. 
It's understanding with the heart, not with the head. See, what will happen is, and the Lord had told me this a long time ago. He said, in the last days, you watch, they're going to run away from the message of righteousness. And they're going to go to sin consciousness because sin is going to be so rampant. But don't you ever forget where sin abounds, grace much more. And that will be your testimony. Where sin abounds, grace much more. Not fear. Because it could be very ugly. If you live in Jerusalem, if you live in Israel, if you live in a foreign country, what happened in Boston could happen any day more than once. Now, the enemy is not going to stop just because we wave a flag that says we're America. Not when what's behind that flag are people who say we don't even want to say the Pledge of Allegiance, the way we've always said it. We don't want to include God in anything. Okay, if you don't want to do that, then the enemy has entrance. People say, oh, God left us. My Bible says he will never leave me. I am not believing that. He will never leave me or forsake me. But people in authority who decide to open the door, well, then all the snakes are coming in. I'm just going to have to step on more of them. Because somebody didn't know to shut the door. But that doesn't mean I'm going to be defeated. Amen? And that's the way we have to begin to think. Um, It says in Philippians 4, and, um, you know, I I kind of chuckle because, uh, you know, Brother Copeland, he... He, I love the way he tells stories, and, uh, and he, he, he's all about rejoicing no matter what, what's happening, you know. And, uh, and, and, and I'm going to share in a minute just a little bit from the story of Paul when he was shipwrecked. You know, everybody say, listen, with your heart. See, may the force be with you. Uh, you know, when, when God gives his word, it doesn't mean that we rejoice over what happened in Boston, But we do rejoice over the fact that no matter what the devil's doing, we will win. This thing will be used for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And God will get the glory for delivering the people from destruction. He will. But we have to be listening. Everybody say listening. We have to be listening. And the only thing I can say to you is this. You say, well, why did some people die? This is what I have to say. Make sure you're saved. Because you don't know what day. That something's going to happen. There were people of faith who died for their faith. But this is the key. If you're not saved, hell, is, that's where you're going. And so it's very important the day we live in. Nothing more priority than knowing where you're going to spend eternity. Jesus is Lord. Amen. And make him Lord of your life. Then the rest of it, well, you, you just live by faith and you walk by faith. Like my husband used to say to me, and I said, would you stop saying that? It sounds like you're leaving tomorrow. He said, I'm not leaving tomorrow, but if I'm gone, just keep going. It isn't like anybody needs to sit down and talk about it for a month. You know, just keep going. Hallelujah. Because I'll be fine. I'll be fine. It says, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all, all what? Understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Just above that, it says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Um, it just happened. I, I'm a little ahead in my reading in Faith to Faith. And, and uh, Brother Copeland's scripture was out of um, Acts. And that's where we're going to go right now, Acts 27. And uh, it was, be of good cheer. And, and it's Paul telling the people on that ship, be of good cheer. We're, it's going to fall apart. Ship's going to fall apart. We're having a wreck. However, be of good cheer. 
And uh, we've thrown everything overboard, but don't worry about it. Be of good cheer. Everybody say, listen with your heart. See, Paul was in a bad situation and other people appeared to be in charge. So there's no excuse for they, they made me do it. Or somebody put me in this position. Because no matter what position we find ourselves in, Jesus is Lord over that situation. And he, he said in Acts 27, many of you know that story. You know, he, he was told if you go, you know, you're going you're gonna to be bound and go to Rome. He said, exactly. Don't cry about it. I'm going because that's what God has planned. So we know he was a man who did not fear what men could do to him. He was a man who was obedient to the heavenly vision, like Pastor John said on Sunday. But in this story, it says in verse 9 of 27, Now when much time had been spent and sailing was now dangerous because of the fast, because the fast was already over, Paul advised them. Everybody say, advise them. So he's a man, you know, he, he speaks. Man, men, I perceive that this voyage will end in disaster and much loss. Not only the cargo and the ship, but also our lives. Now, I know that this was not the word of the Lord. This was Paul's perception because he knew what the times were of sailing. And they were sailing into a time when there would be the opportunity for great storms that would destroy the ship, not only the ship and all the cargo, but could take their lives. So he was warning them. Well, you know, of course, that's what happens. And so it says in verse 15, so when the ship was caught and could not run into the wind, we let her drive. And running under the shelter of an island called Clauda, we secured the skiff with difficulty. When they had taken it on board, they used cables to undergird the ship and, and fearing lest they should run aground on Sirtis sands, they struck sail, and so were driven. And because we were exceedingly tempest-tossed the next day, they lightened the ship. Now they start throwing everything overboard that's going to feed them. Everybody say, don't lean to your understanding. And so they, 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 they threw everything over. Now when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest, tempest beat on us, hope that we would be saved was finally given up. But after long abstinence from food a fast they weren't planning on. Then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, men, you should have listened to me and not sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. And now I urge you to take heart. Everybody say, be courageous. For there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. He has changed from perception to knowing what God says. Do you understand that? He moved from perception to knowing what God said. For there stood by me this night an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. That whole ship got saved because Paul was on a divine mission by God. I'm telling you, God has a divine destiny for all of us. And the fact, when I get on an airplane, I heard Jerry Seville say once, when I get on a plane, as I go through the door, I put my hand on the plane and say, I take this plane over. It's flying me to where I have to go. I am now in charge of this airplane. I do that every time I step on a plane. I touch that thing and tell it, this is my private jet. You say, well, what if you go down? Well, I ask God when I get to heaven, but it'll sure be a fun ride, hallelujah, in and out. I don't sit around and try to figure out what if it does or doesn't work. I do what the word of God says, and God takes care of the rest. Amen? Put my hand on that and say, this is my airplane. 
basically what Paul was saying, because the angel told him, because you have to go to Caesar, and indeed God has granted you all those who sail with you. Isn't that good news? Now, I know some of those people, you'd rather they got lost and didn't come with you. But God wants everybody to make it. Amen? He wished that all would be saved. And it says, so therefore, take, take, heart, take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. That information was received in his heart, not with his head, because this ship is moving all over. And then he says to him, however, we must run aground on a certain island. In other words, we are going to have a, a shipwreck, but he tells them everybody needs to stay on the boat. Everybody has to stay on the boat. Everybody needs to stay in position in the church for what we're getting ready to go through. And things may break up all around us, but we will survive because God has a plan for the church. It says we are a glorious church that he will present to himself a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. We are going to be all God called us to be. The force is with you. Matthew 18, 28, 18 through 20. Let's look at that. And we're going to close and pray tonight. But it says, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Would you say that with me? Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And then he goes on and says, let's read it together. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Then he goes on, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Have we gotten there yet? We're not to the end. We could be tomorrow. But until we get to the end, he is with us. He is with us. He is for us. He has a plan. He has a purpose. And nothing can stop that. Because the force is with us. Amen. I don't know a lot about Star Wars. My kids, I think, know a lot about it. And my grandkids probably. But I do know this. I know what the Bible says. And God has already defeated the devil. Now unto him who is able, the force with me, even when my hair is in those silver things. Don't mess with me. Hallelujah. The force is with me. Hallelujah. And my hair is about to look a lot better. That even makes it even more fun. Hallelujah. You're looking good and you know who's with you. Amen. This is our day. This is our hour. And it's, I believe it's just ramping up. I pray for all those people in Boston. Let's pray right now. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you were there. You saw. You know. And you love people. They're your creation. And the devil stole that day. But we declare in the name of Jesus... That he is bound in this earth. 
because all authority you have given to us to do your will and to do your way. We take it tonight. We take it tonight over all these other races that are about to be run in our nation and around the world in London. We say, devil, we bind you in the name of Jesus. We loose the power of almighty God. We thank you that there are people have a heart to hear, a heart to hear what the spirit of God is saying and that people are yielding all over the world to the spirit of God because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And the power of almighty God will be seen to be great in the midst of darkness. We believe Isaiah 60 that says arise shine for the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. And yes, gross darkness will be all about you but your light will shine much greater than that darkness that is there in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name you know force is uh, strength or energy exerted or brought to bear cause of motion or change moral or mental strength capacity to persuade or convince in that scripture that I read you uh, from Acts where it says um in verse 22 now I urge you to take heart in the King James it says be of good cheer be of good cheer this is not an hour for the church to shrink back and start confessing how bad it is this is the hour for the church to rise up and take that position of Matthew 16 and this is the rest of what God said to me Uh, the devil comes to assault God's creation whether saved or unsaved God said his real assault is against me and against my word. Still, still. The only defense, and he said this to me, that I have in the earth is my church. He didn't have to give his son to be saved. But he did. To restore fellowship with us. But also to raise up an army in the earth to accomplish his purpose. And his desire is that no man would go to hell. God doesn't send anybody to hell. People choose, but they don't even know because they have no idea they have to make a choice because they don't know there's a devil and a God. They just know there's God. And if I'm not good, I'm not going. And, and, and that's the the extent of it. So they're operating with misinformation, the greatest disservice. He gives direction, which, um, the only defense God has in the earth is his church. He gives direction through his church, which produces deliverance. For the captives, greatest the greatest disservice to the church is no mention of the devil. John ten ten, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came to give us abundance life. He is defeated, but only everybody say, but only by the power of God, because of the blood of Jesus Christ. We win. It's already settled. But we have to enforce that defeat. Would you stand with me tonight? Father, I thank you for every person here. And I pray tonight that you would open our hearts to hear. You know, if you're here tonight and you've never received Jesus, um, I truly want to sound the alarm that without Christ, you have no hope of victory. Because the devil back in the Garden of Eden, got control of the earth. The earth belongs to God, the Bible says, and the fullness thereof. That's everybody, creation. He creates everything. He still creates life today. But God lost power because of what Adam and Eve did. But Jesus restores that power. 
He restores us to that position of having authority over those things that bound our life, bind our lives. And if you're here tonight, you've said, never said, Jesus, you may be like me. You, knew, you know Jesus is, you know he's the son of God. But the Bible says, believe and confess with your mouth that he is Lord. What that means is that the devil is defeated and Jesus has won. He is Lord. He is Lord. And if that's you tonight and you've never prayed that prayer, I want you to lift your hands right where you are and I want to pray with you. Anybody? Okay. Anybody else? Anybody else? Okay, I want us to make this confession. And you make this confession with us. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died for my sins. Thank you that I am no longer under his dominion. The devil has no hold on me. God is in charge of my life. And he said he would make me free. I desire to be free. I desire to walk in the power and the anointing that you have placed on my life. For this hour, I ask you, Lord, to help me to hear with my heart. I command my mind to get in line with the truth of the word of God. I speak right now that my life is ruled by the spirit of God and no other way in Jesus name, in Jesus name. Now I'm going to, I'm going to take a minute because I feel like we're supposed to, if you're here tonight and you know that there are areas in your life where you are bound and you cannot get free. I want the worship team to come back. And I want to sing that song, Say the Name. And I, and I want everybody to agree with me. This will not take long. If you want to be free, God will set you free. When the word is preached, the Bible says that there will be a performance of that word that has been preached. And if you are here tonight and want to be free, and you know there are things in your life that are holding you, I want you to lift your hand right now where you are. You know there are things in your life. It may be fear. It may be doubt and unbelief. It may be some situation that you, you lose control and you don't even know why you lose control. How many have ever lost control and you don't even know where that came from? But when it's all over with, you're saying, I wonder what that was. I can tell you what that was. That was the enemy who got, uh, uh, took an opportunity and set himself against you. Come quickly right here. Come quickly right here. If that's you. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and his gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.